Our first lesson today comes from Psalm 95. Please join me in reading it responsively. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us sing to the Lord, Let us come into the presence of God with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise with songs of praise. So I'm going to stop right there because it doesn't sound like you guys are feeling very joyful. <laughs> Let's try again. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Thank you. Let us come into the presence of God with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In God's hands are the depths of the earth, the heights of the mountains also. The sea is the Lord's, for God made it, and the dry land which God's hands have formed. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. The Lord is our God, and we are the people of the Scripture lesson today comes from Philippians chapter 4. Listen again for God's word and wisdom to us today. <clears throat> rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in prayer, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. I had a doctor's appointment this week for a regular checkup. It was supposed to be in December, but my doctor is retiring, so they moved up the appointment so that I could see him one more time or maybe so he could see me one more time. You see, the appointment was as much about saying thank you and goodbye as it was about the medical reason. He actually said to me, I'm moving into a new phase of my life. How are you feeling about that, I asked. Okay, I guess. I've been seeing patients for more than 35 years. I'm not sure what it's going to be like to wake up in the morning and not see them anymore. Have any ideas what you will do, I asked. I'm not sure. Maybe read more, keep exercising, take a trip. But it all feels quite unknown to me right now. I don't know what it's going to be like or how I'll enjoy it, at least not yet. I thanked him for his work with my family, told him that he was one of the inspirations for my bow tie collection, not to mention his snazzy socks, and then I wished him well in whatever came next and said goodbye. This conversation has stuck with me this week as we are about to enter the next season of the church year. 
We aren't there yet. That's the gift of today. We have the opportunity to consider how we want to live through the next season of faith before that season starts. A big difference from my doctor is that we know what the next season of the Christian calendar is. What do we call it? Advent. Advent. That season of waiting in the ever-increasing darkness of the world. That season which prepares us for the coming presence of God, the incarnation, the Word becoming flesh and dwelling among us. I don't think it is enough to know what the next season of faith and life is, though, without also wondering how we will be present to that season and live through it, and who we want to be at the end of it. One way to approach Advent is to let the intensity of the season grow as the anticipation builds and the expectations become overwhelming to us. There are decorations to put up, presents to buy and wrap, cookies to bake, cards to send, parties to plan and attend, angry people to deal with on the roads and the checkout counters, packed parking lots, racing around to find the perfect gift because it, before it's gone, and getting everything done before it's too late. All so that we can create that hallmark moment and say Merry Christmas on Christmas Day, and then pack it all up so that we can move on to the next season. But that doesn't sound very present to the season, and it's not really what the season of Advent is about. At least I hope not. I think that's what makes the story of Dani so important to hear. It has a question at its core that seems important to hear on this Sunday before the Advent and winter seasons start. What are the gifts of the coming season? What gifts does the season of winter offer us? And how about Advent? If a child came up to you and asked, why do we go through the season of Advent? What would you say? I mean, we could say so that we can celebrate the birth of Jesus. But that's just the end result. Why do we go through Advent? Why make it an important time in life and faith? For Donnie, the gift of winter showed her paths of life that she could celebrate and be thankful for. The, the snow, the cold air, time with her family and her dog, learning more about the phases of the sun and the moon and how the Creator made them. Winter made her thankful for darkness and light, for the earth and friends, for the trees and for rest. She learned that winter brings the gifts of rest, remembering, and gratitude, gifts that many of us started to open during the Thanksgiving holiday. We find these gifts in our scripture readings today. Psalm 95 helps us to remember who God is, both the creator of the universe and the one whom we ultimately belong to, and then to offer our thanksgiving. Like the poet of Psalm 95, when you look around the world, do you sing and make a joyful noise? As you look at the earth and the mountains, the sea and the dry land, even at each other, all that God formed, do you listen more intently for the voice of God in it all? Paul's words to the Philippians repeat the theme of thanksgiving and then offer a much-needed attitude adjustment 
to the frantic pitch and fever pace of the next month. He even goes so far as to tell us how to think that will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus by focusing on whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, pleasing, and commendable. They lead to an excellent way, he says. Like Psalm 95, Paul invites us to ask, who do we want to be through Advent this year? How would we be different, better even, if gentleness and peace guided our way through the season? What would happen if we worried less and prayed more? What if the true gift of the season comes as we focus on a more excellent way, a way worthy of praise, as Paul puts it? I wonder how our scripture readings today would help us experience life and faith and the coming season more fully. If we let this season be more about more than just about a holding pattern, like an airplane circling until it lands on Christmas Day. What if at the end of this season we could answer Donnie's question with more awareness and gratitude? That there is much to discover in the gifts of darkness and light, in the earth, ourselves, and each other, that affects who we are and how we live. We may not know what the season will hold. We may not know what will happen next. But we can center ourselves today on this Sunday before the next season of life and faith. We can start today by asking who we want to be, not just on Christmas morning, but as we travel through all the seasons of our church and our lives together. That's when the Christian faith becomes intentional and embodied, and incarnate in us. So may you take some time today and in the days to come to rest, to remember the true gifts at the heart of this season, to be guided by gentleness and peace, and then to be thankful. Amen.